It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Hello, welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm here today with Natalie Newhart. She is a fitness and nutrition clinician. She specializes in working with women over the age of 35. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so grateful to have you. So tell us a little bit about how you, what your journey was, how you got into doing what you are doing now. So my journey started off uh, with athletics and I, um, I've always been really competitive and I, you know, once I got a taste of um, a sport called CrossFit, I mm. wanted to go all the way, right? And mm. I, I was, in, at that time, I was really like big into nature. I was working for the, the government as a hydrologist and I was always like loving like labor type stuff, like hard work type, you know, it's just, that's how I was brought up. And so uh, when I found CrossFit, I was, I, I got really hooked, pretty much quit my job. I was like, I want to go all the way. I want to go to the CrossFit games. I want to be a pro athlete. Like that was always, you know, my dream. And uh, it just so happened that I, I I turned out to be pretty good at CrossFit, you know, like my size, I, I kind of, I picked it up pretty quick. And, uh, and so I went all the way with that, um, you know, spent, I don't know, about a decade within that sport. And I opened my own gym, et cetera. But um, there, the, I kept on chasing. What I wanted was I felt like I would, like if I just was the best in the world, I like then I would be happy, right? Like the sponsorships, like, oh, if I had all this stuff, if I was the best, um, then I would be happy. And I, and I spent, you know, like a decade chasing that. And there came a point where, um, you know, I realized that, um, I was at the top and I still wasn't happy. And if, if, if anything, I was actually the furthest away from it. I think we were, that's what we were talking about earlier yeah. because now I was so attached. I didn't have a life. Like, you know, I said, I loved it. Right. Quote unquote, yeah. loved it. Right. Um, but I didn't have a life. I was attached. Like I couldn't take a day off. I had to work. So like, you know, I felt guilty if I took time off. Um, I was obsessive with like food and tracking, tracking food and, um, I just wasn't, I realized that, uh, I wasn't creating what I really wanted. I was actually creating the opposite. And, um, it, it took me a while to realize that, um, you know, what I really wanted was, you know, freedom in the gym and peace with food, like not having to be so, um, like obsessive and neurotic about everything. Um, but that point only came when I realized that working harder was, was the, was, was harming me, like was actually making me more um, unhealthy because at, there was a point where I was, I was, uh, I gained 20 pounds in two months. So, and I'm five, maybe five feet tall. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. So I'm like a little bit taller. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's quick, man. You know, usually a couple pounds you see very instant, yeah. very quickly. 20 pounds in two months. And that was me training five, six hours a day. Wow. So it, I was training a lot, you know, as an athlete. Sure. Um, and I wasn't eating very much. Like everything was tracked. Like it was just perfect, you know. Um, and I, I was so confused. I was like, how could this be? Uh, how could I actually be gaining weight? you know, working so hard, being like having all my, my boxes checked off. Yeah. And it turns out my, my body just had enough, right? It was just, it was done. And it was in that two month time frame. everything broke down. I got adrenal fatigue, metabolic uh, damage, hypothyroid. Um, I was, I became diabetic as an athlete. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, uh, let's see what else. Oh, I was also, um, I was diagnosed as menopausal at the age of 28. You Whoa. know, so everything was everything. I I just I ran it into a into the ground, yeah. and my body's pretty resilient. You know, like mm -hmm. I made it pretty far, and you know, elite athlete, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, but and so then I realized, oh my gosh, this is why so many women are there are out there. Like you see, the women are always in the gym. They are so consistent. I feel yeah. like like the least that's what I see is that women, they, they tend to do all the things right, but they're not seeing results from diet and exercise. Like, even though they're doing everything right for the most part. Yeah. Um, and it's because of stress. So I stressed my way to, uh, to getting fat and, you know, um, sick, you know, like yeah. doing things that we are told are really healthy for us, track your food, go work out. And I just took it to the extreme and most women um, maybe not don't take that to the extreme like mm -hmm. I did, nice. but what I realize is it happened to me again. Okay. Like, so I, I, I totally toned down my, my fitness regimen, um, took it like I, you know, I started to walk more, relax more, but I took my same patterns of work hard, go hard, you know, do, 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 you know, uh, do it all, be it all. I mm -hmm. took my same patterns to my business, wow. right. Mm -hmm. And the weight, it happened all over again. It was like deja vu Whoa. this time. Yeah. And so what I realized was, oh, when people say stress makes you fat, it's not just physical stress. It's mental stress as yeah. well. And this is what women, most people in this world, especially women, are going through life in a constant low grade state of anxiety, overwhelm, uh, frustration, sadness doubt right or just constant yeah. worrying the monkey yeah. mind just always thinking what am i like what's next what's next you know and it's that tension that is holding the 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 body up from from being what it can be and yeah. it's also causing it's the reason for people eating more than they need yeah. impulsively you know just grabbing mindless bites of food um or feeling out of control with food or you know i mean just everything um hypothyroid uh it's it's a thing that that is causing all of that the it's the thing that's that's standing in the way from peak health and vitality in the body even if you have all your boxes checked off right, right. drinking water getting your sleep walking working out all that stuff none of that matters if you're in this this state of tension this state of stress and we see this stress as normal these days yeah. but um especially these days <laughs> yeah but it's not normal because it's 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 just it's not normal we've just
been trained and conditioned to believe that it is because most people are like that. So anyway, so that's how I got into this work. I realized, oh, women are different because as we mm -hmm. age, we become more sensitive to this tension, to this stress, to this go, go, go lifestyle. And this is why mm -hmm. the things that used to work for you in your diet and exercise, they don't work for you anymore, right? right. You have all these, you, you can be doing all, you can do all the different diets and it still doesn't work because we've now trained ourselves to be in this constant state of go, go, go. I'm not doing enough. I can't relax, right? Like I just, I, I have, I, I'm too busy, um, just anxiety, yeah. overwhelm those kind of things so um that's where i took a, a you know i really dove head in because i was like oh well this is interesting because everybody <laughs> um could benefit from this and right. uh, and so i i started to do a lot of mindset training uh, uh you know i worked diligently with some of the best people in the world on this pot topic and and so now i'm helping women just uh retrain their mindset mm -hmm. um to to create the body and the life that they want Awesome. I love it. So, and you specifically focus on women over the age of 35. Is there a reason for yeah. that number? Yeah, it's, 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 you know, I kind of throw it, you know, it could be mainly over 30, but I, I typically say 35 just because it's right around there where the hormones start mm -hmm. to change quite, yeah. quite, quite a bit. You know? I, I experienced it for me. It was 36. Huge. Yeah. yeah. For me, it was, it was more like 30. Um, but I was pretty hard. So the harder yeah. you are on your body, the yeah. more that's going to take a toll. So you're probably going to be more towards age 30 is like, you know, things that used to work for you, they don't work for you anymore. And so, but I kind of just play the number 35. That's usually mm -hmm. the time where women are starting to realize as well, like, Hmm, I don't really enjoy crushing myself in the gym anymore, you know? <laughs> And I don't have that much time. I'm getting kind of tired of this and I really don't want to track my macros anymore. I'd kind of like some freedom, you know, like it's kind of around that time. I feel like we're all starting to realize, hmm, yeah, like, you know, I kind of want, I want to relax a little bit, but I'm attached to, I'm a, too, too afraid to let right. go of what, you know, what used to, what I'm so used to doing. I, I think one other thing that comes, you know, that comes to mind as I'm listening to you talk is really it's about balance in general. But I think as you get older, uh, priorities definitely start to shift or they become illuminated further, yeah. you know, further. Uh, whereas like when you're younger, it may not be that you don't have the priorities. You're not as aware though. Many people aren't as self-aware when they're younger. And I think yeah. as we get older, particularly women become much more aware of what's really important to us. Yeah. Um, and then we want like, you know, I think in everything, you know, it's really important to have balance. So you keep, you know, you keep talking about the stress. And what I think is so interesting about that is that it's not that we want no stress, you know, stress is actually right healthy you know you need some level of stress like Absolutely. nobody would be happy just like lying on a beach 24 7 for the rest of their life you know they yeah. feel, feel bored they feel lack of purpose they feel useless so but it is but you don't want this hyperdrive constantly so I maybe. well yeah but I mean um like, like and what I mean by stress is the the feeling like I'm not doing enough right yeah. nobody really wants the that mental. Feeling, yeah you know like so nobody really out there wants to feel overwhelmed like people want to feel calm people want yeah. to feel happy people want to feel um uh you know loved and loving and accepting and compassionate they don't want to feel like this guilt or not proud of yourself or shame or 
anger or not be, you know, kind to yourself or, you know, like, and so all of that is, is what I consider stress, you know? It's so interesting. You say that nobody wants to feel like they're not doing enough. And I think that that's so essentially like nobody wants to feel insufficient. And I think, cause everybody wants to feel that they have value. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that that that's so profound. Um, so I'm curious, what have you found in working with people or through, you know, working on yourself, which sounds like you've done a lot of work with yourself. Um, what have you found are some really valuable tools to uh, improving this mindset? Yeah. So first off the, I'll give you like the, these aren't really tools, but the first thing you're going to want to do is name where you want to be. Like what, who do you want to be? Mm-hmm. Like if you could literally design your life tomorrow, um, what would that look like? And what would that feel like? Like what kind of person would you be? What kind of characteristics would you embody? Would you be somebody that's, you know, um, you know, that's calm when all the stuff around, you know, that no matter what's happening around you, COVID or you know, work, like email, like who, like what, what's the state that you want to embody? Like the experience of life you want to have, what are the things you want to do? What kind of, you know, the body that you want to have, like really design your life of what, if you could paint it, paint a picture, what would that look like? And what would that feel like? So name where you want to go. Right. And then second step is take a hard look at where you're at. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, where am I not in a place of, judging like oh like man i you know i i suck at getting to the gym or i just keep you know i'm i'm just i overeat every night or you know i just um i i never say what i'm going to do like instead of beating yourself in that way just acknowledge it as like hey this is where i'm at okay mm-hmm. yeah i haven't gotten much movement the past few days or you know what yeah i tend to just go for food every time i'm stressed like just just be aware, name it, acknowledge it without judgment and accept, Hey, this is where I am right now. And it's okay. Okay. Like that's okay. But what matters, you know, is what's my next step? What are the skills that I need to embody and train? Who's a person I must become to become, to create that person I want to be, to create that body, that experience of life I want. Right. And then, like we said earlier, it's like, it's not just about the weight on the scale because it's you could be the weight and it doesn't mean anything if you're waking up and you're as soon as you wake up you're dreading going to the gym and you're just dragging yourself through the day like that's not any life that anybody looks forward to so it's like what's the you have to look at the whole picture the vision oh you know what i want to love moving i'm i've got so much energy and vitality that I just want to move all day long. Like, and I just, and I'm grateful for the body and I love and appreciate it and I'm connected to it and I take care of it. And because of that, I just have so much love to give. And I'm, you know, I've connected with my, I have deep, meaningful uh, relationships and, Mm -hmm. you know, people want to be around me and I want to make an imp. Like we got to get clear about that and, and then see where am I at? What skills do I need to train? What do I need to embody? Because, you know, like, happy people, whether they're aware of it or not, they train themselves into that. There's a certain way of thinking and (laughs) feeling and looking at things and their behavior that they've trained, you know, knowingly or unknowingly, and the same way that sad people have done that, right? So sad people, they think a certain way, they act a certain way, they move a certain way, they slouch, they've always got aches and pains, 
you know, um, people that are stressed out, always anxious, overwhelmed, they think always what's next, what do I, I'm not doing enough, like, you know, and, and always feeling like they're, they're falling behind, they're never doing enough, right? Uh. So what's the life you want to you you want? And who must I like, what skills must I start to train right. to, to become that person? you know, and somebody who's fit, for example, you know, so with my, my program, I work with women that want to be, have peak health and vitality. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, if that's what we want, if we want to build a lean body, there's a couple components. We've got to love moving, mm -hmm. right? We've got to <laughs> love movement, not just say we love it, right. but actually enjoy, like actually love it. Like be like, have enthusiasm for it. Be, you know, something you want to do, you're called to do, you that, you know, it just pulls you, you're excited to do it. And then the second thing is we need um, low stress yeah. because stress is a thing that causes you to eat more than you need. And it's also the thing that blocks the, the, the diet and exercise from working. Okay. Sure. So those are the two skills that we need to start to train. And then, you know, there's obviously tools with how we do that. So. Sure. I love it. There's, um, a term, uh, and it's been used in the field of psychology, but I think uh, Jordan Peterson actually made a very specific, uh, wait, have you heard of this? The future authorization, yeah. uh, self-authorization. And it's very similar. Um, you know, they, he worked mostly with college students um, mm -hmm. and seeing, you know, their, uh, they would, you know, they would envision their future self and who they want to be. But, you know, it's very applicable in any kind of capacity, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think and they, this, the findings were tremendous, you know, like uh, people, the, the grades just shot up and, you know, the overall uh, approach to life and happiness and all of that. So, yeah, right. that's super, super cool. The reason for that is, is really because like when we see a vision of ourselves, Mm -hmm. Like this is the most important part to whenever you you want to create anything. Yeah. You have to see it. I mean, yes, to understand who do I need to become like as a roadmap, right. but also to activate the emotion that's going to drive you. Right? right. So when I think of my vision of, you know, this peak health and vitality and just, you know, who I want to be, the person I want to stand for, it ignites passion inside me and it ignites love and joy. Mm -hmm. Um, and it excites me and it's that, that, that emotion that drives me to take the action because people talk and dream all day long, right? Like yeah. it's, it's sad, honestly. And, <laughs> yeah. um, what they don't, what people are not good at doing is they're not good at continuing to focus on what they want and they're not good at getting themselves to actually do the thing, right? The effort that's required, um, to train those skills. Like that's the only way that, uh, you know, you're going to develop those skills is it's going to require effort and mm. effort's going to require some discomfort of stepping out of, you know, where you are and going and training a, a new way of thinking, being different actions, behaviors. So, right. yeah, but it's that, it's that if you know why you're doing it, what it's going to mm -hmm. mean for you, then you have that, 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 that driving force. It's just like, um, when people get married, right? Like that's, women the that tends to be like the easiest time for them to get to the gym is when they they have this picture of their themselves getting married right they right. see themselves in the dress 
they they like they're seeing themselves like all the great pictures they're gonna take the honeymoon mm -hmm. they're gonna be on the bathing suit it, like it's yeah. just really exciting and so it's that picture and that that experience that's like yeah like i can't you know i'm gonna get to the gym like it's gonna it they don't miss a day you know like they'll it doesn't matter what happens if like the gyms are closed like they're finding a way to work out that day you know like so that's how powerful the picture and and the emotion the why um right is for creating anything for yeah. sure yeah absolutely uh, can you talk a little bit about the uh neurological and physiological uh impacts of mindset and how that works in your favor yeah. or against you yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So basically it's the way you want to think about it um, is, you know, we have these two states, parasympathetic state and sympathetic state. So most people know them as, you know, fight or flight, which is your stressed out state, um, otherwise known as anxiety, overwhelm, doubt, guilt, sadness, shame, anger. All of those things are fight or flight, um, the stressed out state. And then there's also the, you know, parasympathetic state. And those are those are the days like the times where we are you know feeling happy peaceful calm relaxed grateful um you know compassionate giving like those there they those two different um sides of the coin have different physiological impacts on the body right. um and so when you know when we're in that fight or flight state of anxiety overwhelm aka stress yeah. um the the body is um there's trillions of cells turning on in in the nervous system um, in the body that are activating stress hormones you know cortisol adrenaline noradrenaline stuff like that and when uh when we are activating all that stuff we are pumping out a bunch of insulin okay insulin's the same thing as when we eat too much food so this is why you can actually get fat from too much food and too much stress that's what happened to me right because my body it was it was pumping it, I was so stressed out it was pumping out so much insulin this is why I got diabetic as an athlete um, because there was so much insulin being pumped out just like if somebody were overeating that the the body just stops listening it doesn't burn fat right so too much stress causes your inability to burn fat um, not only that but also you know, like I said, the, the, your hunger goes, it's out of control. You don't know when you're hungry. So you just like eat mm -hmm. all the time. Um, cravings are higher. Um, your digestion goes, you know, so you get gassy, bloated, um, you know, pain in the stomach. You get, you get the autoimmune diseases, sensitivities to foods, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you, you become hypothyroid, adrenal fatigue. Like that's how it all stems from stress. But right. most people think like, oh, I'm not stressed. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, you are, right? Like right. it's like when people say, oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. No, you're not fine, right? Like <laughs> you're, 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 you're constantly doubting yourself. You're constantly, you know, you can't get yourself to sit still. You're constantly angry or frustrated or worried. Like that's not fine. Right. That's having a certain physiological impact on the body. It's yeah. just that it's become people have just, we've been trained to see it as normal. Mm -hmm. but um and the thing is is that guys like men and women are very different yeah you know like men can handle that kind of thing but yet they they're not really the ones to be as like neurotic as women i feel like you know or <laughs> yeah. anxious you know right. um but women because of our hormones because of our sensitivity um you know which comes from our you know our our role as child birthers right like yeah. the body's more 
sensitive because it's 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 designed to protect and create human life right oh. and so it that's its main concern it doesn't care how much you want to lose weight and so if it's right. stressed out it's clinging on to body fat okay mm -hmm. guys doesn't work the same as much like they're way more resilient but yeah. women on the other hand we are sensitive to that stress and we become more sensitive to that stress as we age and that's why the menopausal women or you know perimenopausal start to get that belly fat there because mm -hmm. um the hormones are declining that allow them to be so resistant to stress uh and yet their behavior their way of being in life continues of go 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 i need to do more i need to work harder i'm not doing enough um always worrying you know you know what's next what's next um you know those kind of things trying to do it all be it all so they continue that way of being that's actually causing them to gain belly fat or not allowing the diet and exercise to work so that's um yeah that's basically yeah. You talked about, you know, women's hormones, and I, I feel like there's a lot of confusion around this mm -hmm. because, you know, that's usually what you hear like, oh, it's because of the hormones. And, you know, that's just kind of like a, a little piece of it, but I, I feel like it's not quite the way people think that it's relevant, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk a little bit about that? Like how, um, because, you know, we're, we're cyclical and I personally am a huge proponent of women getting to know their cycles. I, mm -hmm. I, it, I'm astounded by the number of women I talk to who know nothing about their cycle and every yeah. cycle is actually unique. You know, oh, yeah. like we're, we're taught that you're supposed to have like a 28 day 28 cycle days. and it's supposed to yeah. be this many days long that you, you know, and these are the symptoms and that's, it's your body. It's unique. You know, there's a range and certainly some people are outside the standard deviation and, um, you know, and that can be problematic for some women. Uh, but you know, it's not, it's not cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I'm a huge proponent of women, one learning their bodies. Cause I think all, you know, men and women, everybody should learn their body. You, you get one body in one life, you know, as far as we know, yeah. as, as, as much as we're privy to, that's yeah. what we know. So you should get to know it and work with it. But I'm also a huge proponent, especially of, a female athletes really understanding how different times in their cycle affect mm -hmm. their training and their mm -hmm. results. Um, you know, I know for me, like in the, you know, follicular phase, like I have a lot more energy, I'm a lot stronger. And mm -hmm. then, you know, you look at my late luteal phase and my numbers just plummet mm -hmm. and I may feel completely differently doing the exact same workout. Um, but I think that's such a great tool that women can use to their advantage. They can yeah. work with that in order to, uh, yeah. you know, get the maximum benefit, but all this to say, I'm curious your uh, thoughts on like the roles that, that hormones play and what role they really play. Yeah. Some, you know, some misconceptions around it. Yeah. Um, so hormones are definitely super powerful mm -hmm. and, you know, with the women that I work with, if they have the cycle, we leverage that. Like that's what you want to look at it. It's, it's, it's yeah. leverage, right? Yeah. You can yeah. burn fat faster and you can build muscle faster right. if you know how to time it right. You can also, um, you know, uh, target belly fat and lower body fat in a, in, if you, tar if you time it right. Mm -hmm. Um, so basically there's two hormones, estrogen and progesterone, uh, and estrogen is kind of the builder, right? Um, it's, and it's the thing like when estrogen is, is active, um, you're, like you said, you're more resilient, right? You can do more, like more working out, you can handle more stress. So if there's a lot going on at work deadlines, like you won't be as affected by that stress, right? So the cortisol won't, um, 
you know, it won't impede your ability to, to, to lose weight or burn calories there. Um, also when estrogen is around, like estrogen, you want to think of estrogen as like your best friend. She's like your, she's like your party girl. Like, you know, you can, you, you can go out all night with her. She, you know, you can do, yeah, like all nighters, you can eat more food, you can drink more alcohol, like, um, and, and you're going to be like, it's not going to impact you, um, as much when progesterone's around. So, you know, and that's going to be the first part of your, your, your cycles, you know, the first two weeks of your cycle estrogen, she's, she's more dominant. And so that's going to be the time where you want to eat more, train more. Um, and then once, once we, um, once the ovulation starts, then, uh, estrogen comes down and progesterone, uh, uh, spikes mm -hmm. and progesterone. She's like, you're more like, um, she's, she's the twin sister of estrogen, but she's like the worried sister, right? She's like, okay, take it easy. You got to chill out now. Right. Like we mm -hmm. can't do that stuff. We got to like, you know, we got to like, you know, go for walks and, mm -hmm. um, you know, make sure we get our sleep and just really relax because we're more sensitive to stress. So we want to make sure that we're really taking care of the body, um, more rather than just trying to drive it hard. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but again, like, you know, it's, it's not just physical stuff. It's, you, you really want to put your focus on the mindset. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, just in general, like the more that we can train, states of like being calm overall, like your diet and exercise will work that much better. So right. like mindset is going to be huge for getting results from your diet and exercise, because if you're always stressed out, like always anxious, always tense, always overwhelmed, like, I don't care how hard you work out and how well you eat. Like it's not, if you're older woman, it's not going to work. So the mindset is number one, then I would look to your, to your hormones. Yes. Okay. Now we can leverage, you know, the timing of your estrogen and progesterone, right. um, which I never, I don't think I said, but when, you know, the last two weeks, that's going to be a time where you eat less, train less. Okay. Right. Um, because you're more sensitive to carbs and you're more sensitive to stress. Nice. So, um, yeah, so you can really, you, you know, you can get, you can, like I said, leverage it, whether it be for performance measures or, um, just, you know, body composition, composition changing, you know, like you can leverage that if you still have a period. And, you know, I encourage women to do that as long as they're, they're, you know, they're up for it, um, right. because you don't have that long before the period goes away. So you can't right. leverage those hormones. Um, so, so yeah, that's, and not only that, but it's a great way to cycle, right? So it's like, mm -hmm. Because if you just eat the same way day in, day out, without ever really cycling, the body tends to just adapt and mm -hmm. the metabolism slows down. So there, there's, you know, it's great to think of it as like a, like a metabolic workout. Like there's times where we eat more, times right. where we eat less, you know, right. times where we train harder, times where we rest. So that keeps the body really responding really well. Um, and, and also, you know, just like, like you said, like connecting to your body is really key, like knowing, you know, um, knowing when those, like the body's just asking for recovery, you know, and being aware of that. Most people have become so disconnected with, mm -hmm. um, their bodies or they see it, but they're just, they're too afraid to get themselves to, to relax. And so they just keep driving harder, harder, and it becomes more and more difficult to, to make that progress. Right. Oh, totally. I, I think it's interesting when you're talking about like it gives you uh, that, you know, uh, ebb and flow. And I think that's so interesting just in terms of the where we're at as a society, because everything's so fixed, you know, like 
it's in the summer we go inside it's air conditioned we you know in the winter we turn on the heat like we're never really forcing the body to adapt and if you think about you know primordial man they were they didn't have the option to have a feast every day or to have a famine every day you know it was yeah. you 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 worked with what you could find and what the seasons offered uh and that's you know although we have technology now and our mindset around those things may have shifted. Our physiology hasn't changed all that much. And so we're still responding as if, uh, you know, those were still the circumstances. So, yeah. I, yeah. That's interesting that you bring that up too, though. It's like, um, we've gotten so, uh, conditioned to just kind of pick and choose mm -hmm. what we're comfortable with. Right. And, you know, like, you know, there's options everywhere. Like when we go to Starbucks, you can get, you know, low fat, full fat, 2%, skim, you know, coconut, like you, you have all the options, you yeah. know, all the different sizes, like um, everything, is, like everything's an option. And people bring that same mentality to their diet and exercise, you know, mm -hmm. um, where like, oh, you know what, I just, um, I don't feel like working out or I don't feel like uh, uh, like doing my meditation, doing my breath work. Right. Like mm -hmm. and it's that or, you know, I, I don't feel like going for a walk. And so when you just do what you feel like doing rather than doing the things that, you know, using that vision, that person right. who you want to be, that life as your North Star, well, then you don't get anywhere because you're just a, uh, you know, a you're just going to do what you feel like doing in that moment and emotions change all the time one minute we're motivated and the next we're like eh, you know <laughs> i'm not I, i'd rather just stay inside you know so it's right. that it's a very uh scary place to be is if you just do what you feel like doing rather than using that north star as hey how do i show up today you know right yeah but, no i think that's so interesting i'm curious about how um people go through this process? Like, what have you seen with, because it's, you know, it's really easy to have your vision of who you want to be and, you know, that, yeah. that ideal, right? Mm -hmm. um, but getting there often, a lot of times people don't want to do what's required to be who they want to be. Mm -hmm. um, and hence why they uh, are stuck in the patterns that they're stuck in. I, I, you know, I think it's interesting because I think a lot of times people are stuck in this. You were talking about like the, um, you know, the people who are stuck in like that anxiety pattern or the pattern of like uh, being happy, or I think people attach a lot of identity to that. And it's hard to break out of identity. It's scary for people, right? Absolutely. So, and when you're uh, working towards the vision of who you want to be, some of that might not align with, you know, what you see as your, your identity, you know? Um, it usually does not. Yeah. So how, how, what have you seen from people and how do you work with them on that? Yeah. Yeah. So in my program, it's very, it's, it's very, you know, um, deep work basically, sure. you know? Yeah. Um, and that's really like, you have to be, that's why like, you know, I, I wouldn't take anybody on, like, you have to want it. Like you have to be, you have to like, in order for you to change, you can't just like, yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be kind of cool to like live like that, you know, to have that life. Like you got to be from what I've seen, you have to be in a certain amount of pain where you're not willing to tolerate the current, like living this, your certain patterns, um, living your current lifestyle day in and day out. Like you got to get to a place where there's so much pain there that mm -hmm. you're like, I'll do, you know, I'm ready to do whatever it takes. Like that's where you need to get. 
Um, so the, in that way, in that retrospect, like pain is a great motivator. Like I, when I, when people come onto my program, I want them in pain. Like I want them to be so desperate mm -hmm. because that's going to be the thing that gets them to change because they're going to, that's going to be the thing that motivates them to, to, to take the, the th do the thing that feels uncomfortable. Right. Because mm -hmm. if they don't, that's, they don't want to answer to where they're at right now. So, but the first step is, you know, you got to observe, um, you got to observe where you are, right? Like mm -hmm. you got to see what those patterns are inside you. Mm -hmm. Um, like the fear, the anxiety, you got to see and be willing to face those mm -hmm. and, and know that it's okay. Like it's not, um, you, you, what you want to see this as is like, we've all trained and conditioned ourselves to where we are right now right? Mm -hmm. The habits we have, the way that we feel, the way that we think, we've trained and conditioned ourselves to this place, uh, whether we're aware of it or not. And so, um, you know, when you feel fear or anxious or overwhelm or stress or, you know, doubt, whatever, guilt, um, it's just a, it's just something that you've trained. It's just a tape playing in the mind. It's a habit of the mind. It's a reflex of the nervous system that got turned on, a switch. Right. And you, that's the way you want to look at it so that you don't see yourself as such a failure. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not doing a good job or like, oh, great. Like, you know, uh, I don't know. Like, it's just like, it's just going to turn on like that because it's an imprint in your nervous system. Like with me for food, with food, like I've, I've, one, one thing that I want to do is master food and fitness. Mm -hmm. And from my experience of body with bodybuilding and diets and restrictive diets, like there's a lot of fear and anxiety that comes up mm -hmm. and for no reason, right? Like I'll feel the impulse to eat. Like, like I just need a taste. I just want a taste, right? Like I just really want that and I got to have it and I got to have it now. Well, the only reason why the mind, my mind thinks like that is it's a habit. It's something that got wired in my brain from doing so many diets and thinking that if I don't have it now, I'm not going to have it later. And so there's this fear and anxiety that gets turned on, that gets tripped. And it's just a reflex of the nervous system. And so instead of identifying myself as oh, I'm such a failure, you know, I instead I've got to look at it from like a third party perspective, like an observer and just see, oh, Fear and anxiety got turned on and it's mm -hmm. driving me to eat. It wants me, it, you know, it's going to drive me to, to, to eat that food out of impulse rather than actual real hunger. So I've got to be aware of what exists inside me. I've got to be aware of what my patterns are right. because those patterns, the way that you feel and the way that you think are the things that are driving you to take certain actions, such as eat more, make poor decisions, not go for a walk, not want to go to the work, to the gym. You know, there's a certain way that there's a whole thing that's going on inside before you ever take that action. So yeah. step one is you got to see what's in there. You got to see what lives inside. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then the, the second thing is, you know, then you got to see, okay, like that behavior isn't going to take me where I want to go. And mm -hmm. it's, it's there that we want to start to, um, that's where we connect to our vision. Oh, I see that this got turned on, right? Um, I realize it's just a reflex. It's okay that it's there. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take action. I'm right. going to do the thing that aligns with my vision instead. And right. so at that point you connect to your vision mm -hmm. and this is, this is what it means. Like that you got to train the mind. Like this is literally training the psyche to, you know, before I go for that food, mm -hmm. when that gets activated instead, I, Oh, I see what's there. I see anxiety and fear got turned on. And I connect to my vision of who I want to be. Oh, I, I want to be somebody that 
it has peace around food, like doesn't have that impulse or that is always chasing the desire for taste, right? So that's who, I'm, who I wanna be. Okay, now from here, what's my next step? Like, how do I embody peace? How, what's, what would a peaceful person who has, you know, isn't affected, like doesn't have the same pull towards food, what would they do? How do they act? How do they think? How do they walk? How do they talk? Like, and then you take that action, right? So it's, you, you use a force of will and you surrender that pattern that you're so comfortable and it's pulling you like crazy to eat that food. Right. And you do the thing that feels less familiar, which is take a deep breath, go for a walk or, mm -hmm. you know, take a deep breath and tell yourself it's going to, it's okay. It's going to be there later. Right. I don't need it. Do I, you know, and so it's, you know, know where I am, you know, mm -hmm. observe what, what, you know, where am I at? Is this a familiar feeling? Because if so, it's just a reflex. It's just a habit of the mind. It doesn't mean that you're actually hungry. It doesn't mean that you actually need that food. And then you ask yourself, who do I want to be? Is this, does this align with my vision? And if no, then you take the step that does, right? But you got to train the mind to connect to vision. You got to train the mind to be aware of where you're at. Mm -hmm. And so you, it's awareness is step one, right. then name where you want to go and then take that action using a force of will, surrender what feels familiar and step into the unknown and which is very i mean something as simple as that like that's it's very uncomfortable because every part of my body wants to oh but that would taste so good mm -hmm. but you don't you really want that you right. know but it's it's that cloud in my head that i want out of me i don't want to carry this dark cloud everywhere i go because if i'm always feeling this impulse for food i'm never in the present moment you know, right. like I'm just, I don't trust myself and food is always a big deal. And especially with holidays coming up right now, like, you know, I want to go, go see my family and not be focused on food. I right. want to focus on being with my family. Be I want to focus on loving the body and going, moving the body and connecting with people and, and loving myself and being proud of, you know, uh, uh of, you know, self, my, have self-control around food, you know, and make the things mm -hmm. that are most important, important. Yeah. So I, something that really struck me as you were speaking is uh, I, I think, you know, most people are so caught up in uh, autopilot and they yes. do it because, right? Yeah. And uh, they do it That's because the they want to uh, be distracted. They want to disconnect from the present because, you know, as you yeah. said, like even something so simple as uh, not choosing to, you know, run for something when you're not hungry is unknown. And so unknown is scary to people. People want to be where it's familiar. People want to be where yes. they know they're going to get instant comfort. Even if it's not long-term comfort, it's comfort right. in that moment. And I think, uh, you know, especially, you know, the present in, has always been, uh, uh, it's tumultuous, it's unknown, it's precarious. And people have a very difficult time wrestling that, you know, that so, and certainly we're in very unprecedented times now. So I think people feel that even more heightened. And so they want to be in autopilot. They want to be distracted. And this is such, just hearing you talk about this, is such great tools just for navigating anything in life. You know, it's really a great way for people to do the hard work to look at themselves 
which most people don't want to do, right? That's right. <laughs> that's probably the hardest thing to do. And the most important thing to do is to take a look at who we are really honestly, you know, and introspectively, and then take a look at who we want to be. And does that, does that match up? Yeah. And, you know, most of the time, you know, you're going to find it somewhere in the middle, right? I, none of, most people don't truly hate all of who they are, but there's a lot of room for improvement. That's where we're a work in progress. And so, um, yeah. That, that's why the vision is, is so important. If you don't yeah. have a vision of, of where you want to be and what that will mean for you, sure. you will not get through that phase of discomfort because most people, yeah, will choose instant gratification for long-term suffering yep. rather yeah. than short-term suffering for being, you know, like happy, you know? And so yeah. for me personally, we all have a limited time in this body, right? Right. And, you know, we we, I don't want to waste my time. Okay. And I, I, you know, I want to try to do the best I can living the the most fullest life I can with the body that I have. And, you know, I don't, that means that I, I can't afford to waste my thoughts and Mm -hmm. my emotions and my actions and my, my patterns, my behaviors that Mm -hmm. aren't creating the life I want. Right. And if I don't choose to change that today, then yeah. tomorrow will be the same. And I will carry that dark cloud with me for the rest of my life. And it'll probably just get darker and darker and darker. So, um, you know, I want, I want every thought I have, I want every action I take, um, to have purpose to creating the, the life I want, the experience of life I want. Yeah. Um, and you know, and then I want to teach others how to do that same thing, you know, mm-hmm. to, stop doing the behaviors that aren't taking you where you want to go that you're not proud of and start doing taking you know taking action on the behaviors that will take you to the most fulfilling life that is available to you yes it's going to require looking at yourself but it's going to be so worth it because it's going to be you know it's going to be a meaningful life and if you just imagine like because that's the thing is what you're chasing is peace of mind like what most people right like they they um they're doing all these things because they feel they want to feel like they're enough they're like they're doing enough they want to feel a sense of peace they want to feel a love for life a sense of love they want to you know and and yet they're chasing these little hits mm-hmm. of peace by crossing off the to-do list or uh eating um getting that satisfaction from food or um, you know, they're, they're doing, they're putting other people first, right? They're taking care of everybody else but themselves because it gives them a, a taste of love. Yeah. But, and, and, but, and it's just so short lived. And so it's just this constant chase, chase, chase. It's exhausting. Yeah. And so, you know, you, what people don't realize is that you can actually train that you can train yourself to think in thoughts of peace, to embody peace, to be a person, to embody love for yourself and for others. And through that, you know, then you look like you look forward. You're that's you look forward to every day. You look every because you know that that's who you are. You've trained that. That is your way of being. So regardless of what's going on in the world, COVID, job stuff, whatever, you can rely on that being your stability, that, that you're going to show up, you're going to, your day is going to be filled with peace and love because that's what you've trained. So, yeah, I love that. So beautiful. 
Now I'm curious about training because I think that, you know, you know how I feel about movement. I'm super passionate about movement and I think it's an incredible tool for overcoming all, you know, challenges in life and being a mirror, you know, it's a great metaphor for how you go through life. But I think because like any really powerful tool, and I think it is a really powerful tool, uh, you know, it can be used for good or not so good, right? You know, like you were talking about as a elite yeah. athlete and you were abusing it, um, you know, in, in so on so many levels. So I, I'm curious, both personally, your uh, thoughts about movement and how it can be used and abused and uh, what you've seen working with your clients. Yeah, so um, basically like, as far as, you know, movement, working out, like most people don't call it movement. Most people look at it as like working out, exercise. Right. Right? And like, I think just referring, that's why I love, I love the word movement, right? Yeah, me too. That's what I call it now too. It's like, hey, I'm gonna go move the body, right? I, my, my slogan is that I, I believe all human beings are designed to move and the ways in which we do are our unique creative expressions. Nope. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And the most important part to that is that you love moving it like let yeah. you love moving you love moving the body so yeah. that's where i think is gonna is gonna be the most important thing for people is um is not looking at it as exercise or working out really you know um but rather doing it as something that this is what i do uh because i love and appreciate the body right and and this is how and i and i want a body that is um, strong and capable and gives me the ability to do anything I want to mm -hmm. be free. Um, and so most people, when they see they, they, yeah, they're, they're, they're using working out and exercise as a calorie burn. Um, and typically what comes with that is a state of, uh, dread and burden, you know? And I think as soon as you start looking at it in those terms, that's where it becomes a negative, um, uh, a negative, like, I guess, uh, habit or perspective, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, not only because like it, chance, you, it, chances are it's only a matter of time until you don't want to go because you're mm -hmm. making, you're blowing it up as like, it has to be this big, hard workout. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and that's exhausting. Like as soon as you start to think of, oh, it has to be hard and I got to crush myself in the gym and it's not good enough if it's not an hour long, like, well, then it becomes very difficult to to get yourself to the gym consistently right mm -hmm. and then you build this like negative relationship with the gym um and and it just becomes more of a chore rather right. than something that you do because you love it yes. so i think regardless of what you do do something yes. and just make sure that the most important thing that you do is love it like you train like this isn't something that you like I had to train this, right? Like I grew up with the idea of it ha it has to be bone crushing hard. Like I've got to be passed out on the floor or else I didn't do good enough. And even if I did, it still wasn't good enough. It was never good enough. Right. So, and that led to just absolute pain and suffering of willing myself every single day. Like, luckily I'm, you know, I've, I'm strong, you know, I'm got a hard head obviously, but um, <laughs> I was able to do that. But then I had to pay the consequences of that. And I didn't realize that it didn't have to be hard, you know, mm -hmm. and I could just love it and not put these expectations on myself that um, it had to be done a certain way, or it had to be at a certain intensity, or it had to lift a certain amount of weight. Like that's, those are all beliefs that we've adopted. And right. it's, it's things like that, that really, 
that end up making us that make it difficult, I think, for a lot of people, mm -hmm. you know, if they like because they'll feel like they're not doing enough and they see it as a chore. So so when you go when I go to the gym, I train my clients to focus on the experience they want to create, focus on, you know, what they love about it, why they love it, how can they make it more fun mm -hmm. um, and really creating that type of relationship, because that's going to be the thing that gets you inspired to to go every single day and appreciate the body and um, have more enthusiasm for moving. And, and those are the components that you need to to build a, a healthy, you know, high vitality type body, not right. these like hard boot camps. And then I take a day off, like take a few days off and, you know, stuff like that. So Right. Yeah. And you were talking about like the, you know, when you have to hit, when you think about a certain way and you have to hit like certain metrics, um, how yeah. that creates that sense of dread and, uh, you know, suffering and a feeling of, uh, yeah. you know, the, the difficulty of achieving that, that you're not going to, it's not going to be enough. Um, yeah. So how freeing to have the other perspective. So yeah. freeing. So free. Yeah. when you break that attachment, because here's the thing, it's like, we're only attached to that because we think it's going to like the mind, there's some, the mind thinks that there's some type of benefit to um, driving out of fear, like driving out of that, I have to do this or else like, it thinks that you're going to get further ahead, right, that you're right. going to lose more weight or um, look better. But as a result of driving out of that fear and anxiety towards the gym and dread, Mm -hmm. Um, it's like I said, it's, it's actually creating stress on the body tension. Yeah. So you're not, you're not getting the the physiological response. Like the body's mm -hmm. not building or burning the way it needs to. Mm -hmm. Um, and then not only that, but it's only a matter of time till you don't want to go. Like, it's just like the smallest little thing, like, and, 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 you know, you just find yourself either hating every minute of it and just watching the clock and can't wait till like your, your workouts down. You're mm -hmm. just counting every rep until it's over or you just find yourself not going in because it's just, it's too hard to get yourself motivated to go simply by the way that you're looking at it. So it's not the workout itself, right? You can do any workout. It's the way that you relate to it. Yeah. So if you look at it in terms of, Hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do this and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make loving it the most important part rather than mm -hmm. how hard I go or how fast or what I lift. Right. Then those are two different, you're, you're going to create two different body types because of that. One person's going to, be stressed out and not showing up very often. And then the other person's just having the time of their life. Like they're celebrating their body and there's no, there's no heaviness, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's a, when you say it creates two different body types, I, I, you know, because the mind's so powerful, it absolutely does. Like when you're talking about tension, we actually store, uh, most toxins are stored in back cells. So if you're constantly building up the toxins, whether it be, you know, through what you're ingesting, you know, that's what most people think of, but mm -hmm. you know, there are toxins in so many different forms, like, and the hormonal uh, toxins can be created through the the stress that you're mentally causing. So yeah. So yeah. It's just, and then that's, that insulin is just causing more fat storage. Yeah. And, and that's, I think most people just don't think about that at all. You no, know, that's not, um, but then there's also just, you know, like the, uh, approach to like the different types of movement, you know, your body does, I was saying like, people are so focused. I think athletes in particular, and even, you know, people who are new to movement, they get very fixated on like how much they can lift or, you know, a specific right. 
skill. And the reality is the body has no idea what weight is on the barbell or the dumbbell. You know, it knows the amount of force required to do the movement. That's what it knows. And so it's so much more important to end different days. It's going to be different, you know? So like go into each, each, uh, each time you give yourself that time, appreciate that time and know that it's not going to be exactly the same as it might've been yesterday or let it go. Like just let it all go. Like just enjoy it. Like just love moving the body because it feels good to move the body. Like there's all these expectations. I think it's just because, you know, first off, that's how men do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And they get away with it. It works their entire (laughs) life. Women, on the other hand, like that works when we are 20, you know, and that's how we were taught. Yeah. And it's also what we see. Mm -hmm. It's it's what a lot of people talk about. Go hard, follow the plan. You know, you know, it's got to be, I mean, yes, there's a point where, there's discomfort, right? Like, yeah, you, there's all discomfort is good, but sure. you know, um, and but like when you see overload and challenges are important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like when you see like, um, the biggest loser, right? Like you see them just like hating life, like crushing yeah. themselves, like that you, what you don't see on that show is two years uh-huh. later, they're, they're heavier than when they first started on that show. Yeah. Because yeah. it, they didn't, you know, it's, uh, they didn't, they didn't train the right relationship with the gym. It wasn't something that they could maintain, right. you know? And so, uh, you know, you got to really see like what is sustainable. And also like, again, it goes back to the vision. What's, what's the experience that I want to know? Do I want the gym to feel like a dread and a burden and I have to will myself every single day? Or do right. I want to be somebody that, that loves moving the body? And, and it just, you know, it's something that I'm, that is like in my heart that I'm called to do that I'm, I can't wait to do because surround yourself with those kind of people. Make sure yeah. that you're getting that kind of information rather than taking in, oh, you know, it's got to be hard and you got to go do, you know, got to sweat and you got somebody, you know, some boot camp lady telling you to go harder and your heart rate's not <laughs> high enough. Like, you know. Right. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm also curious. So you talked a lot about like the differences between men and women and, you know, they like a, you know, the, a lot of times I think women are just treated in the fitness industry, like they're small men, yeah. <laughs> you know, which, uh, but I think, uh, something that is interesting and you, you can probably relate to this being a smaller female, it is a little bit different. Um, you know, like that's definitely, um, you know, be uh, when you're smaller, you have slower metabolism, your, your needs are less. In fact, I wrote a 25 page paper in college on, I call it heightened mating. <laughs> um, so I was uh, looking at like the uh, psychological, sociological and biological uh, reasons for, uh, you know, the relationship between height and uh, mates, essentially. <laughs> and uh, this is a really interesting fun fact that in, uh, you know, primordial times, the king of the jungle was usually the tallest man. And he would pick, uh, he'd have his choice to pick of the women and he picked the smallest woman because it, you know, for many reasons, not psychological, sociological and biological, um, but, you know, uh, psychologically made him feel empowered, you know, uh, sociologically, uh, he thought, you know, he could, it would show how he was, you know, big, strong man, because there's such a great difference between the two. Uh, there were some genetic, uh, balancing reasons for that as well. Um, and I'm oversimplifying. It was a 25 page paper, but one of the interesting things was that 
because men are traditionally and certainly then they were the uh, protectors and providers. Uh, smaller women were physically easier to protect and provide for because their needs are less. Mm-hmm. They need less shelter. They need less uh, food. They need they're they're just smaller, so it's less to all of this. Say it's just an interesting fun fact. Um, mm-hmm. But and times have really changed. You know, obviously that's a, <laughs> we don't live in primordial right. times anymore. Um, but I do think it's uh, interesting. You know. Uh, the differences between men, women, and, you know, how everything is put into these like cookie cutter kind of like follow this plan and you will see extra results. And yet we're all so unique. And I know for myself, like, you know, following something that works for your average, you know, uh, you know, 20 something five foot four woman even is not going to necessarily work for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So there's definitely differences between men and women. And the thing is, is that it took forever um, for science to catch up to start including women in their research, right? Like they studied men, they, all the diets that, you know, like the, the traditional diets of like the stuff that's on um, Biggest Loser, like, you know, just follow this meal plan. Like that was designed to work for men, like young college men. Um, And just because it was easy to study. And it wasn't, you know, and they studied that like for like forever, like 1960s or something like that's when it started. And then it wasn't until 2001 did they start to mandate that women be included in dieting studies. So, yeah, the scientists got together and said, hey, we've got to start including more women in these studies. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason why they took, they put it off for so long is because we are so complex. Like, um, just the, you know, we, our hormones change several times, you know, like, yes, puberty, but then also when we have a baby, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so it's like pre pre pre-birth, post-birth, um, then you have perimenopause, post-menopause, uh, and, and so there's all these, and then plus every month right? The cycle mm-hmm. changes. Like we, women go through menopause every single month, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's so much variance that it's very difficult. It was very difficult for them to create some, you know, they were just like, yeah, we're just going to go with the men. Like, we're just going to study those guys and we'll just extrapolate from there, you know? And, and, <laughs> yeah. you know? So this is why women, they don't, they don't, you know, they don't respond the same way as men yeah. do. Like I used to coach, I don't coach men because they're honestly way too easy. Like they're so easy. <laughs> I want to work with women. I want to, cause they're the ones that actually are doing everything and right. they're not seeing results. And so those are the, the women that, you know, I have compassion for them. I want to, they have what it takes. They're just, they don't have the right strategy because they're following traditional, just focusing on diet and exercise where they should right. be stre- focused on stress management, how to listen to the body, um, and, you know, and, and timing it with their hormones. So yeah, men and women are very different. Um, plus also very in also very much, uh, some other ways, but like, that's the biggest thing is that, you know, it, women change with their, their hormones change, they change with age. Um, and the, and just what works for men just doesn't work, you know, for yeah. women. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. Um, well, this has been awesome. Do you have anything else you would like to add or leave us with? And of course, tell everybody where to find you and all that stuff. I mean, I could talk forever. So yeah, that's, <laughs> this is a great time to probably, yeah, if they want to, if anybody wants to find out more information on, you know, whether that be female fat loss or um, how to, tra- how to train the mind to, you know, to basically like not be stressed out so that you can see results from your diet and exercise. Those are the two things that I really, 
I merge science and, you know, the science of fat loss and the, um, you know, psychological aspect of mm -hmm. stress and how to reduce that um, yeah. in, in my method. So you can find out, I'm most active on Instagram, mm -hmm. natalie.newheart. Um, I do a lot of IG stories. Mm -hmm. And then the other place that you can find me is probably, um, well, actually, I'll just say that if you want to book a call with me, you can go to talktonat.com. So talk mm -hmm. the number two, nat.com. Um, if you're looking to get some coaching advice or go coaching guidance, um, learn more about my program. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, yeah, there's other links on Instagram. So just Instagram and talk to nat.com. Yeah. Awesome. Very, very cool. Um, I, I have one more question for you yeah. about, I guess, because you were saying about like that you combine the science and uh, mindset or, mm -hmm. around fat loss specifically. Um, what would you say are the the biggest like mi misconceptions that people have and the best ways to work with that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. I think that um, the fitness industry does a lot of, you know, there's so much advertising. People are always trying to sell something, right? Mm -hmm. So I think people are fed a lot of, recently I think I saw something and I actually sent it to my mom and my sister because they always talk about toning, you know? And I, I it's like one of my pet peeves. I'm like, I'm like, toning is not a thing. Like it doesn't exist. It is a made up term. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it's a, yeah, I think there's just so much like wrong with it, but it's very confusing to people who really don't know. And a lot of people, I, I think come into, I think one of the most, most fascinating things about like working in the uh, like fitness nutrition space. And I think you're very much a testament to this is that, you know, most people come into it either because they want to look better or it's like kind of one of three reasons, you know, they're either they want to look better or they've kind of been told they have to, you know, for, mm -hmm. you know, health reasons. And, you know, they've been kind of forced into it um, or they're, they have some sort of uh, either current or past kind of uh, athletic comp competitive uh, background. Mm -hmm. And all of those, uh, I think, have so much, uh, you know, a lot of those, they, they don't know a whole lot about holistic and uh, longevity. You mm -hmm. know, like the athlete is very focused on the short term here and now specific goal. Um, you know, whether in the bodybuilding space, it might be more aesthetic in the, you know, comp competitive space, it's, you know, uh, it's to crush that competition to win, you know, so they have very specific short term goals, but they don't know a whole lot about um, what's going to work uh, for a long term uh, sustainability. And, you know, people who don't know much about health and fitness, and they just want to look better they're they have an idea of what they're supposed to look like, and like, all these things that they're supposed to do, but they don't really know, right? So they're being sold by people who want to sell them things. A bunch of lies, yeah. honestly, is what it is. Um, and then I think the, the the other category of people who have been uh, what I call like forced into it, they've been told like they have to for their health, but most of the time they have no idea what that means. And as you know, you've been talking the last hour about like, you know, crushing all these specific metrics isn't necessarily healthy. So yeah. So I, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on some of the, you know, most common misconceptions and, you know, how you get people around that. So, I mean, I would honestly say like, first off, you should just know what you want. Like, first off, get like, what is your goal? What is the, right. what is, are you trying to compete or are you trying to just build, um, you know, a like peak health and vitality in the body, you know, um, or just, you want to look good 
uh, and you don't want to uh, track your food or you don't want, you, you know, you want your, um, you want freedom to go spend time in nature or to, you know, go to restaurants, like figure out what is the, what is it that you want? Like, what does that life look like? Like, what is it, you know, that you want the body you want, et cetera, and the relationship with food in the gym that you want. Okay. Right. Because you got to know that. Right. You and know? by the way, I do want to say there's nothing wrong with any of those goals. Like I think oh, yeah. a lot of people just don't, like you said, it's about knowing. And a lot of people don't know. They, they, right. They've been told what they should want, I think. Yeah. Well, they don't realize that you can get fit without crushing yourself in the gym and without being obsessive over food. Right. Like that's the thing, you yeah. know? And so, um, and actually just obsessing over food, like being neurotic and tracking macros and, and doing all that stuff, it's not going to create what you want. Like, you know, if what you want is a life that you love to wake up to and yeah. a peace of mind, well, tracking every single morsel of food in your app and not feeling like you can go to restaurants, that's not creating the life you want. Okay. Right. So you got to get clear about what is it that you want? What is the experience of life? Mm -hmm. Right. It, it go beyond the body. Like, okay, yes, I have this body, but mm -hmm. what else am I, what am I doing with that body? Right. Right. Like, it, like for me, <clears throat> Like I, I was, you know, attached to, I thought I had to work hard and I work out really hard and I couldn't take a day off. And, you know, I had to track everything and be just totally perfect and obsessive. And all that made me was more obsessive with food and more attached to the gym. It made me not have the freedom I wanted. And the whole point was for me to feel like I had a body that I could go, that I was excited to live life in, you know, where I could just <clears throat> strap on a backpack and I could go hike in the woods and go do my meditations, go do some you know, like breath work and just feel so fulfilled and peace <clears throat> yeah. knowing that like, there's nothing I need to be doing. Like I want to be mm -hmm. fit and have a sense of peace of mind. And I also don't want to be thinking about food. Like I, why? Like, I don't want to think about food. I want to connect with people. I want to connect with myself. <laughs> I want to, I want to sit and feel the sunshine on my face and just think about how good that feels. I don't want to yeah. focus on food, you know? So get clear about what is it you want? What do you, what, what do you want your life to look like? And then what I would just, I would suggest yeah. is don't, don't try to do it on your own. You're not going to do it. I'm sorry. Like you're not, it's not going to work. Right. Go find a coach that embodies the life that you want, that embodies the body and the lifestyle you want and hire them because they're going to take you from where you are to where you want to go quicker than you'll ever try, you know, that quicker than quick, way quicker than what you'll, if you even make it halfway, you know? Right. So, it, you're you're just you're buying time and mm -hmm. we don't have like like i said i don't want to waste my time like we only have a certain amount of time and like you need the shortcut like stop wasting time because right. you're not going to do it like you're not you're going to be wasting effort you're going to make mistakes you're going to doubt yourself you're going to question you're going to go back and forth just figure out what you want find mm -hmm. a coach that's that embodies that right and pay them and and hire them to take you where you want to go like that's that's what i would suggest like just cut out the the confusion take a straight <laughs> shot let's go you know yeah yeah, yeah. i love it well i will post cool. all the links or where they can find you and thank Great. you so much yeah. yeah thank you courtney thank you so much you're welcome
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.